The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello and welcome to the Arrowhead Pride podcast we call From the Podium, where you get to hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs, and I'll provide a little bit of color along the way. My name is Pete Sweeney. I'm the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, and we're looking forward to Sunday. The Chiefs heading to Oakland to play the Oakland Raiders for the last time in the black hole at the Oakland Coliseum. A lot to be excited about in that game. This is the coordinator version of the From the Podium podcast. So we'll get to hear from Chiefs Offensive Coordinator Eric Bieniemy, Defensive Coordinator Steve Spagnolo, Special Teams Coordinator Dave Tobe, and I will end with the press conference sound from linebacker Frank Clark. Clark looking to, I would say, a little bit of rebound from an average opening performance against the Jacksonville Jaguars. He gets into that, but we're going to start this show with the offensive coordinator, here's Eric Bieniemy from the podium. Does it matter to you? I mean, I know the special teams were looking at it. Coach Spags was just commenting on it. How about for you? Does it do anything at all? Well, you, you, you always want your guys to be aware of the field. It's their job to make sure they got the right shoes on. So when it's all said and done with, they got to be professional, go out and play, make sure they can play over their feet, have a complete bend in their ankles, knees, and hips. And if you're playing with the right leverage, it shouldn't be an issue. Are you a fan of the no-look pass? Where do you fall on that spectrum? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fan when it works. <laughs> uh, I mean, Pat was being Pat. You know, I mean, obviously you want the kid to be who he is, but at the same time you want him to make sure he's doing the right thing at the right time. He understands what he did and nothing else needs to be said. Are you comfortable that he's 100% that he'll be able to scramble with that ankle just like he always does? He was full go yesterday. And one thing, we're not changing anything. We're not deviate from the game plan. We're going to go out there and, and be the Kansas City Chiefs. And Pat's going to be Pat. You never want to see anyone get hurt, but it was a sigh of relief that your, your team doesn't have to go against Abram, who looked really, really good in that week one game. I'll say this, just as a, uh, a fan of football, you never want to see kids get hurt. I watched that kid play in college. I thought that kid brought an old school style of play to the game. And it's unfortunate that he got hurt. And uh, you never want to see anybody get hurt. And me personally, just because I had an opportunity to watch the kid, it seemed like a few times, it, it just, I hate it for the kid more than anything. Seeing the running backs uh, in week one, how do you feel like they did as a committee, um, as a whole? 
You know what? I thought they uh, they played hard. They played fast. Uh, there's a lot of things that we still can detail, but uh, there's still a lot of room for for improvement. But when it's all said and done with, we found a way to win, and that's all we can ask for. I'm just curious if you ever played on third. Played on that, an infield and at old school Jack Murphy Stadium. Uh, field conditions wasn't always perfect, but you know what? You put the right shoes on. Uh, you play with the, the proper leverage, and just like I said, you got to have a bend in your ankles, knees, and hips, and everything that you do. Then you'll make sure you won't have any issues falling. How about when you do fall? Does it, does it feel a little different to fall in the dirt than grass or turf? I mean, it's 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 football. I mean, it's it's dirt. I played on old school uh, turf, you know, it was like this, so <laughs> I don't, the dirt was probably a lot softer. <laughs> you actually said one time, if I remember correctly, that you would play like in a parking lot or an alley. Uh, do you tell that and, and drive that mentality with your team this week? Like, well, uh, that's just the mentality of our team. That's, that's the type of people that we have. They don't care where we play or who we play. At the end of the day, they just want to put the pads on and have an opportunity to go out there and do what they do best. And that's just to enjoy the game that they love. What tells you that McCole Hardman is ready for this stage with Hill being out and having to maybe get into the mix a little bit sooner? Uh, since we've been here, we've always had a next man up approach. We coach our starters to be the starters, but we also coach our guys who are backing those guys up in key positions to be starters and to take their job. So it's his job now to make sure that he that we don't lose anything with him being out there. He understands the uh, responsibility and the accountability that he has to his teammates and uh, the people in that room and also to, uh, to Tyreek as well. So our guys get that, they understand that and they live upon that. And so we're looking forward to him getting out there and making the most of the opportunity that he's being presented with. Coach, I'm sure you watched the game Monday night. How do you see the Raiders defense this year? I see a lot of juice, a lot of energy and guys flying around. And that's, that's a great thing. So what concerns do you have when you're preparing for them? Um, I mean, it's just like any, any opponent. There's some things that they do well, and there's some things that they do great. I will say this, the front four I thought did a heck of a job getting up the field and getting after the quarterback. I like what the secondary did. The secondary was flying around, and I thought the backers did a heck of a job. In, in total, I just thought they played great team defense, and that's all you want to see. You know, th these guys are flying around. And just like I said, being a fan of football, you hate to see the kid 24 go down. You know, watching 73, the kid Hurst, watching the young kid from Clemson, uh, number 96, jump in there and do the things that he did. On top of that, uh, number 91. I mean, those guys were flying around, and it's fun to watch, but also, too, we understand that we're going to get your best shot. So when you know that you're going to get your best shot, we have to make sure that we're playing our most detailed and disciplined uh, uh, ball type, our ball game, and going out there and executing our job with great attention to details as well. Coach, do you feel like Sammy's uh, working the offseason is paying off? He's getting yards after catch, and looks like he's doing pretty well. He says he's feeling more relaxed. Is that showing him in it is. Uh, obviously, Sammy's done a great job of taking care of his body. He, he works at it. He's <laughs> Sammy's truly a professional. And just thinking about the progress that he's made just in the calendar year says a lot. I'm not surprised by the success that he had last week because of the way he works in practice. But I'm also expecting to see him do it on a week-to-week -week basis. I told him he didn't put it on tape.
you know, and what you put on tape is a direct reflection of who we are. So let's make sure that we continue with that trend. Coach, this is uh, probably the last Chiefs Raiders game in Oakland. You're going to move to Vegas. I guess there could be something in the, in the postseason. But what, what are your memories of just the Raiders in California? They were in LA for a while when you were growing up, and they were in Oakland when you were a kid and back. Just what are your thoughts about that franchise and kind of this rivalry? And is it going to be different in Vegas? Or are you sad to see them leave the state? I don't think it'll be different because it, they will always be the Raiders. But I will say this, it'll be different because it'll be in a different location because they're outside of California. A silver and black brings a, a type of swag to, to the state of California. And I know when they were down in LA, it bought a type of swag in the, in the LA area. And I know Oakland has had that, that swag for years, just the, the history and success that they had with the number of players uh, over the course of the time that they've been there. But yes, just being a fan of football, I'm a little disappointed that they're leaving, but I do understand this, that the, the rivalry still will continue. <laughs> Whether they're in Las Vegas, South Dakota, it does not matter, <laughs> you know. This is the old school AFC West. You knuckle up and you play ball. Did you like the Raiders when you were a kid growing up out there? Did you, was that a team that, that, that you liked and followed? I will say this, being in the AFC West and growing up, I wouldn't say, I'm not going to say what I wanted to say. Uh, but I, I, I was a Cliff Branch fan. Who wasn't a Ken Stabler fan? You know, I mean, Marcus Allen. I grew up watching Marcus Allen play. So I've always been a Raider fan until I got drafted in the league and I played with the San Diego Chargers. And then you learn to dislike <laughs> the Raiders. So what you're going to say is you didn't like the Chiefs, <laughs> I will say this, <laughs> I, I had a great deal of fun playing in the AFC West and it's good to be in this, this, this division because there's a lot of history between all of these teams and that's what makes it fun. Which I know it's your second road game in a row, but the game in Jacksonville is about 50% Chiefs fans, it's not necessarily going to be the atmosphere uh, in Oakland on Sunday and you watch the game against the Broncos, the crowd was into it. I know fast starts are always important, but what are you expecting? from the crowd, how important is it to not take them out of it, but to get off to a good start and not let them feed off that? The Oakland fan base has always been one that have been, been great. And I mean, through the highs and the lows. But I will say this, that team, the Oakland Raiders, since we've been here, every year they play us tough at home. And so it's our job as a team to make sure that we come out and, and do what we do and make sure that we don't fall victim to the crowd noise. Obviously, they're going to have some success. We want to make sure that we can weather any storms if we have any uh, issues to start the game off with, but that's just a part of the process. But it's our job to make sure our guys are playing sound football, that we're putting them in the right positions to win and execute, but making sure that they go out and be them and just let their personality show. So Biennemi ends his press conference with Let Their Personality Show. Where have we heard that before? It's from Andy Reid. And Biennemi has been a really close study of Andy Reid. He has the goal of eventually being a head coach. I think it probably happens as soon as this offseason. Biennemi flirted with the Cincinnati Bengals job this past offseason. Some notes on the players. He, he mentioned Patrick Mahomes was being Patrick Mahomes when he tried for the no look. Mahomes has since said uh, maybe he should have uh, given Travis Kelsey a look in the Jacksonville Jaguars game misses the pass in the end zone for what would have been an easy touchdown. Uh, but I'd agree. 
I think a lot of people are out there saying Patrick shouldn't be no looking, but that's part of his game and it helps him to bait defenders. And if you're the most valuable player in the National Football League, I don't think there's room to ask too many questions. Now, you'd rather those plays work out more so than they don't. That being said, I don't think you want to change the character in the way that Mahomes plays football. Note on McCole Hardman, the enemy said that they coach every player to be the starter. All indications say that McCole Hardman feels confident in himself moving forward with Tyreek Hill missing uh, the next couple of weeks, and he will get an opportunity against the Oakland Raiders to make a difference. So you hope that the rookie uh, can hit the ground running. All right, let's keep this moving. We're going to continue on with defensive coordinator Steve Spagnolo. Here's Spagnolo from the podium. How's everybody doing? Pretty good. We got them all, Brad? Got them all. Okay. Uh, Look, the only thing I'd say open it up is uh, great to have a win under our belt. And now it's on to game two. I'll apologize in advance if you ask questions about last week's game. Half of them I forget, because now it's all Oakland. I mean, tr- truthfully, uh, when it gets to Thursday, I'm usually on to the other team, but happy to open it up. Do you remember anything about Juan Thornhill, his play? How do you feel? I thought he tackled really well. I really did. Um, that was encouraging. Uh, yeah, a couple, you know, there's a couple. There's always a learning curve mm-hmm. with a rookie, but for the most part, I thought he did a nice job. The decision to start him over Sorensen. Yeah, it, a lot of different things go into that. Um, and I visited with Dan. Dan's a great team player, uh, and he plays on a lot of special teams. There's a lot of reps there, uh, and it started headed that way. I thought Juan did a good job during training camp and earned the starting spot. But we're going to need all of those guys, all the right. safeties. What's the thought process to having Reggie go on no go? Uh, I mean, that's really the head coach's decision, to be quite honest with you. Um, you know, where he has to decide who the 46 are, and some guys have to be deactivated, so it's probably a better question for Andy. Steve, does the, the, the presence of the dirt in the middle of this game... Uh, in, it's interesting. Last one ever, huh? Could yeah, it could be, yeah. No, look, at you try not to let those kind of things distract you. I mean, that Coach Reed, you know, we all talk about wearing the right shoes. And getting out there and testing the field before the game, so I'm sure our guys will do that. You're a younger man than me, I think, but of a certain age where Don't you be might, so sure. might have seen some of these games. Our childhoods were watching games. Yeah. And this, is, it, is it kind of a funny end of an era to think this might be the last time? Yeah, in that in that stadium and with the dirt and the whole thing, um, I, I can remember as a child. Now I grew up on the East Coast. I vividly remember Raiders Chiefs game. Here's what I remember about it as like a seven-year-old or whatever I was. It was dark in the East. Now I wasn't. The world wasn't as small then. So, and I don't think I'd ever been on a plane. But it was just that it was light out at the game they were in. That's that's what I remember. But I look at you know I remember Hank Stram and the you know the the, the battles you used to have with Al Davis. I I remember. It. Pretty well. The hitch said you guys you showed some video. Yeah, it was a it was a kind of a YouTube uh, video, and Len Dawson was on. You you probably probably have all seen it. I mean, I'm sure it's but it it depicted uh, what the rivalry is all about. In a look at I can't do justice verbalizing it. So you put the video on, and I think the guys get a little better feel for it. You've been around the league a long time, and you, you, a couple of different organizations. How long does it take for a coaching staff to get into to feel that? Rivalry? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I think you got to get in the middle of it. Um, I mean, I, some great rivalries. I mean, in the NFC East, there's a bunch of them. When you coach for the Giants or the Eagles, I went to Baltimore for two years, and the Pittsburgh game is a big rival game, and you feel that it's different. And I expect that we'll feel the same thing out there in Oakland, which I think adds to the excitement of the game for the players, coaches, everybody involved. Steve, you talked a minute ago about Thornhill and his tackling. Uh, 
was that a surprise, that part of his game? Well, I will say, if I remember correctly, but if I go back to early training camp, I remember talking to all the guys about tackling, um, but there were some adjustments we had to make with Juan, and to his credit, he embraced the coaching, and I thought he did a really good job. Now, I don't want, well, knock on wood, I don't want to jinx anything, because we've got a long way to go here, but. Steve, about keys to uh, defending a quarterback that gets rid of the ball. Yeah, uh, one of the keys, uh, look at tighter coverage, you know, talk all the time about these quarterbacks that get it out quick and complete it, and he looked really good the other night. Uh, if you can't affect him, you got to try to affect his targets. So somehow, some way, uh, we probably we got to do that early in the down or at the line of scrimmage. And uh, 83 is a good tight end; he presents a problem. 16 is a good wide out. I mean, they got some weapons. They, I thought they played real efficient, real well, kind of the way I think Coach Gruden wants to play it. Um, I was really impressed. I know everybody was. Going into the last game, it really felt like Frank Clark would have an advantage of a left tackle, and Minshew got off the ball out really quickly. Yeah. Part of the problem, you think, of him being able to impact? Oh, I don't know. Uh, you know, maybe we could have done some different things call-wise. Um, you know, the ebb and flow of the game was different. You know, the only thing I was disappointed with was the two series in the fourth quarter. You know, the game's a little bit out of reach, and it's never over. We're talking about that over the sidelines all the time, but you make your calls a little different. Because uh, the only thing that can hurt you at that point at 40 and 13 is a quick score. And so the, I, I'm going back to Frank. You know, we probably didn't help him a little bit in that regard. Um, I hope that happens all the time. Steve, you know, one like thing to be ahead. we talked about last week, or just, just the idea of what communication would, would yeah. be like, or how it would work. And it looked like maybe some moments it wasn't what you would have helped. Just a couple. Um, but for a first game in a new system with a bunch of new guys, I mean, all in all, when I think of that, uh, I don't remember writing on the sheet on the plane as I, I graded the game a lot of communication things. There were, there were enough mental errors, and I just, you know, I was, was disappointed in the two scores in the fourth quarter. We all were, and we talked about that. I think, I think we can play better in that situation. I think I can make a couple of better calls to help them. Um, hopefully that will happen. When you say mental errors, is that, is that just an individual misunderstanding? Is, is uh, yeah, not, not so much communication. Yeah. No, just things that guys missed, you know, whether it was eyes or uh, there's, there's one I can remember vividly in my mind. I won't share it, but um, this, I mean, there's going to be mental errors in the game. You don't, you don't see the ones as much by the D-line or the linebacker. The guys are, that are outside there, those are the ones that you, that you see. Steve, is it easy to plan for a guy um, that you have a lot of tape on compared to a guy like Josh Jacobs who you don't have much on? Well, I, I will say this. Right now, Jacobs, mm -hmm. I, I'm going to tell you what, I'm impressed by him. I think he's going to be one of those guys that as the season goes, people are going to start talking about. Now, I hope not after this week. But he, in preparing for him, look, we prepare the same way run defense-wise for any running back for the most part. And then you're dissecting, and Coach Daly does all this, you know, is he a east-to-west runner? Is he a one-cut you know, cut, cut back guy? Those kinds of things. And the guys that can do it all, like I think this kid can, because I think he catches the ball out of the backfield really well. Uh, you got to be at your best. I think he's really good. You talk about people talking about um, Jacobs. As a do, you think, do you feel like on your side, Damian Wilson could be one of those? I hope so. I mean, he certainly did a nice job, you know, this past week, and he's been kind of consistent that way. I mean, you guys have been out there. You've seen training camp, and he's a football player. He loves to play the game, and it's kind of contagious the way he plays. And I think all of his teammates have 
a great deal of respect for him in the way he plays. So that's the kind of thing you can tell on film or by watching him before he got here, or did you sort of learn that about him? Well, I, I, he's, I think he's met above the expectations. Now, did I think he was pretty good at, at Dallas? Yeah, I did. I thought he could do a number of different things which made him valuable. He, he's built like a linebacker, you know. In this day and age, there's a lot of linebackers out there that aren't quite as big as we're used to seeing them. Uh, but he's big and thick and you, you know you don't it's hard in free agency uh, if, if a player has been at one team to get information from that team about the makeup of the player because they they wanted to sign him too right so they're not gonna so we didn't really know all the ins and outs but we, we, we got us a good one I think uh, in all regards you know, and everything okay good, great Thank you. No, I appreciate it good day. Yep. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. I thought it was really cool that Spags is getting this young Chiefs defense ready for the game against the Raiders by showing them a Chiefs-Raiders rivalry video. Because if you're a young player and you're not from Kansas City or Oakland, you may not understand what this means to both fan bases. So I thought that was really cool. Some individual notes on players. Juan Thornhill did get the start over Daniel Sorensen. Sorensen is a veteran. He's a pro. He's going to understand uh, his new role is more probably a role player in the secondary. Whereas Thornhill, it's pretty impressive because Spag said in training camp that he tends to favor veterans over rookies, at least to start. They have to really earn it. And Thornhill obviously did. Frank Clark, Spags did admit he maybe didn't give Clark the best opportunity, the best looks in the game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm looking for a rebound game for Clark this week. This is not the type of guy that has two average games in a row, especially given all of the pressure that he may feel with that gigantic contract the Chiefs gave him this past offseason. And then my question to Spags about Damian Wilson, forced to fumble last week. I noticed him during training camp. He popped. He looks really good. And so to hear Spags kind of confirm firm that leads me to believe that this is a player that more and more people will begin to talk about as the year goes on. I bet by mid-year that Damian Wilson is a fan favorite. We're going to keep this thing going with special teams. Here's special teams coordinator Dave Tobe from the podium. Coach, without Tyreek, what does that do special teams-wise and planes? Uh, it changes a little bit, obviously, because everybody moves up, you know, on offense. Uh, you know, Hardeman's going to get a lot more offense. D-Rob's going to get a lot more offense. Uh, so it puts pressure on other guys to step up. The good thing is we get the Anthony back, you know, so, so he'll he'll come in and he'll be a, a, a guy for me. He'll end up playing a bunch uh, in the return game as well as, uh, you know, coverage. 
Dave, did you go over with those guys to Kaufman? Excuse me? These guys, did you go over with those guys to Kaufman? Yes, yeah. I didn't go. No, I didn't go. Didn't go. No, I stayed here because, you know, I, I, I got to stay here because you never know what's going to happen if something pops up. So, uh, but we set it up. I mean, it was Bucker's idea. It was a really good idea. You know, he said, hey, can we go over there? And I said, you know, we, we looked into it and we called over there and they were really accommodating. They said, "How do you want the? How do you want it? Do you want it soft? Do you want it hard? How do you? You know." So it was perfect. And they, I said hard, and they made it real hard. They did. And so we actually had to put a little bit of water down before we kicked. So, but it was good. Post, right? No, no yeah. goalposts. We just, we just, we kind of lined up the first baseline, and and they they kicked right there. And uh, you know, we did onside kicks, we did kickoffs, we punted on it, we snapped on it. So it was good. Do how much is that in your mind, and what, what, what does it do to the game? It's, it's, it's I'd, I'd say mostly mental, you know, that, that those guys feel relaxed. It's the second, now that's, it'll be the second time that they played on it. You know, Bucker never kicked on it, so it was good for him. Is it the same cleats? Do they change anything about their equipment? No, the same, same cleats. Uh, that was the main thing they wanted to check out, you know. I mean, it's not going to be totally the same, but it's going to be very similar. So uh, it was more, it was a lot of mental uh, your, your was preparation. You, yeah. When was the last time you prepared for a game like this? Uh, ever? No, I mean, you know, we, we we've had, I've played coached in the on the infield before, but we never went on an infield and practiced. But no, what about uh, playing a game on an infield like? Yeah, that? yeah, we've we've done it before. I've, I've done it before at at Oakland. Been a while though. It's been a while. It's been a while. I had to go. Yeah, I had to go back and look and see, but it, we played on it before. Really different than the other ones too, because it's a whole lot of dirt. Yeah, there is the way they got the yeah the way they got the field configured, you know it's it's thirty five to thirty five, you know like half the field, you know so it, it definitely comes into play in the kicking game. Is it fair to say Tremont will do kick return and McColl for punt return right now, or are you still figuring that out? Yeah, I mean all those guys are possible, you know okay. I mean they're all possible. We don't want to really talk tell exact, exactly what sure. we're going to do, but all those guys are you know we're fortunate. I said this before, you know we have a lot of guys that can do it. You McCall didn't do much uh, kick return during the preseason. Who did McCall? Yeah. yeah. How do you feel like he did? Uh, this uh, he did a good job. I mean, he on the first one we had guys unblocked, and he mm -hmm. he got a, ended up getting twenty seven yard return on something that we didn't have blocked up real well. He had great vision and great burst. I mean, he's got talent. You know, it's just a matter of time. Right. You know, before you everybody really sees it. You know, I I mean, we know in in house that he's got a lot of talent. It's a short amount of time but just in that first game you went back and watched the film were there any young guys or guys that are in new positions that were impressive to you uh not real we didn't get a lot of reps you know yeah. when you look at it we got some field goal stuff and I mean, which is good and our offense was moving the ball we didn't we only punted once we only had two punt returns so you know we really didn't get a really good look at everybody uh but you know it wasn't bad it wasn't horrible we, we did a guy yeah, i tell you what amani did a nice job Monty watts did a nice job in the and the, on the onside kicks. I mean, he showed a lot of courage going up two, two of the exact same kicks in a row. That's kind of a rare thing. You don't, usually don't see that. I thought they were going to come with something different on the second time, but they came with the same kick. Uh, you know, we need, we need to do a, a different job as far as configuring how we're going to block it up so we don't get hit like that. But uh, he did a, uh, you know, being able to hold on to the ball twice like that, come down with it, landed on his head, and came down with it. It was, it was impressive. What does it say about Tremont that he's just so willing to go back and forth between different positions? He's a team guy. He's going to do, you know, he's he, he's going to do whatever it takes, you know, and uh, you know he's smart enough to be able to handle it, and uh, you know we feel good about having him in there.
on the one hunt that you had, the yeah. trim on was wide open on the outside yeah. there. Is that something that the guys, you know, they have the flexibility to do that, or are there situations where, hey, it's late in the game, you're up, don't worry about? No, we wanted to down the ball. I mean, it was a great punt. It was a 51-yard punt that Dustin put right in the corner, and it bounced, and we had a chance to make a play. We just didn't make the play. Uh, he hesitated a little bit because the returner was right there. You have to give the returner the right to the ball first. But then when he didn't field it, we had an opportunity. It's a play he would want to have back for sure, Tremont. But, uh, you know, it, it's something we want to get done. But the beginning of the play, it looked like he was uncovered. And oh, yeah, yeah. Well, they were, they were trying to bring – they brought a rush. They were trying to rush us, and they were trying to make – they were trying to block a, a punt. You know, they were trying to make something happen late. So we expected that. You know, he looked out. I mean, we have a play where we can throw it out there too. So that was an option. How would you characterize the Raiders teams, their, their special teams? Are they dangerous in the return game, and how do they cover? They're right, right now they're playing very well. I mean, I mean, if you watch that game, they were playing with high energy, and, and really effort is the most important thing on special teams, and they played with great effort last uh, you know, on Monday night. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's impressive. You know, so we don't have a lot of tape on them this year, but they're off to a good start. So Dave Tobe, highly complimentary on the Oakland Raiders. I thought it was kind of interesting that he didn't want to reveal who's going to be a kick returner, who's going to be a punt returner. The truth is the Chiefs have a lot of fast players and a lot of options there. If, if I'm guessing, though, Tremont Smith will probably be your kick returner, and I would think that McCole Hardman would be the punt returner. That remains to be seen. Tobe unwilling to reveal that, and you can understand that as that being part of the strategy of the game, so no harm, no foul. I thought it was interesting that he discussed the Chiefs heading over to the K to get some work in. Dustin Colquitt, Harrison Butker, and James Winchester on the infield dirt. Don't forget, the Oakland Athletics play at the Oakland Coliseum. So there's going to be dirt in this game. So getting some kicks off of the dirt makes sense to me. And good on the Royals grounds crew for allowing that to happen. It's just all of Kansas City together trying to make this Super Bowl uh, happen for the Chiefs. And, and always a good thing to see. Uh, we're going to wrap up from the podium with the linebacker, one of the leaders of the Chiefs defense. Here's Frank Clark from the podium. How you doing? How are you doing? I'm doing well. It's Raider week around here. Yeah. And that's a big deal in Kansas City. So tell me a little bit about your thoughts going into playing this team. Um, I feel like you got a, a revamped Raider team over there in Oakland. Um, played some excellent ball last week against Denver. Uh, you know, a great defense over there led by Von Miller. Um, but you know, um, Derek Carr he did some great things out there. Um, they got a young rookie running back running the ball pretty tough. I think he ran for over 100, uh, 140, 150 yards or something like that. And uh, um, they got some good talent over there. Um, got a big Trent Brown. They brought in this offseason on the offensive line to help anchor, you know, that right side for for Derek. And they're just playing good ball right now in the beginning of the season. Did uh, CBS get to send you like a VHS of the interception? Or oh man, I got I got my good video stuff here at the Chiefs. So <laughs> of course they of course they they weren't gonna let me down. You know what I mean? I'm still still got to march over to CBS when I get some free time. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, how did you evaluate your first performance as as a It was all right. Um, I feel like it's finally over with. I feel like that was a lot of anticipation from myself and from everybody else, my family, uh, just a lot of people. But I feel like um, now it gets to that point where you can kind of play football um, myself personally and which is what I'd rather do. What's the key to facing a quarterback that gets rid of the ball quickly? You saw one last week and you're going to see yeah. one this week as well. Um, I think the key is just um, staying true to your technique and fundamentals. Um, you can't you can't really control. I can't control, you know, how fast he gets the ball out. I can just, you know, control what I can control. That's getting off the ball. That's beating the man in front of me and, uh, you know, trying to get to his throwing arm as fast as possible. Um, I feel like in the past when you have success against him, is 
you know, when you're able to, you know, do things like that, you're able to force the issue, close the pocket so that he's, you know, getting those throws off high, you know, quick throws off high, and, um, you know, you're getting your hands up. That's one thing as a defensive line, you know, you can do, get your hands up to, you know, knock down some of those passes you're getting off so quick. This is a new defense, Frank, um, and particularly a new defensive line. What do you feel like works last week with Jacksonville in terms of limiting their running opportunities or their lanes? Um, I, feel, I feel like first being aggressive. I feel like you got to be aggressive when you're a defensive lineman. Um, hats off to a lot of our interior linemen because, you know, they sit on doubles all day and stuff like that. So, you know, as an end, you know, your job is to contain the ball. I feel like we did it for the most part. We did a great job of containing the ball. Last week we only had two um, explosive plays and well, explosive runs. And um, when, when I say explosive runs, those are plays over what, I say eight, nine yards. Um, and. We only left Fournette, we held him to 60 yards. Um, I call that a win, you know, any day once you've got a running back of his caliber and, you know, any day you can go off for 100, 150 yards when you hold him to 60. So um, I feel like this week we got a, honestly, we got a, um, a better, you know, running game, honestly, coming in um, with Oakland this, this year. They looking pretty good on film, like I said, and then that running back, you know, from Alabama, that boy's running the ball. With, with the tackles still a little bit more cut blocking on the Raiders, how do you, what goes into being that and being able to overcome? Uh, I've seen it on film. Um, I feel like staying true to your technique, getting off the ball. If I'm beating him off the ball, I'm going to see him doing that. You know, and it's going to eliminate a lot of times his angle in which he's able to cut me. Um, I usually beat most offensive linemen to their point of attacks, and that's one of my goals, just continue to fire off the ball, um, beat him to that point of attack where everything happens for offensive linemen, defensive linemen, and, um, you know, all those cuts and stuff, you know, be held, held to a minimum. It's a little bit harder to plan for a guy like Josh Davis, which you really don't have much film on. I mean, if you go back and look at him in college, are you doing some things like that uh, to figure out, you know, his tendencies and what he's going to do? I mean, yeah, but at the end of the day, it's, I feel like it's watching you correcting your mistakes a lot more. I mean, that's one thing I wanted to do this week. Um, you know, you can focus on the opponent all you right. want. You can watch as much film as you want on the team. Um, that's not you know, really going to be what they come out for for their game plan. Unfortunately, if it was that easy, you know, we'd all be, you know, if all pros, all stars, whatever, you know, it'd be more stats. But I feel like um, the one thing that I want to focus on, not challenge, you know, the rest of my defensive line was just to correct your mistakes, correct our mistakes, um, to fix the little things we got to do to help us, you know, refine our game that much more. So is it more of this to you feel the game out as it goes? Exactly, like, yeah. How much of a psychological advantage is it? to start the year with two road games and come out to it. How much will that do for you guys in the locker room from a psychological standpoint, understanding the goals you're trying to reach? I mean, in the long run, it'll help. Um, it ain't nothing like playing at home, though. You know what I mean? So when you start off the season, you're on the road, um, two back-to-back. -back. It seems like, you know, you're not around your fans. Honestly, since the preseason, we really haven't. You know, it feels like we've just been away the whole time for the most part. But, um, you know, it just gives us that, you know, extra motivation to come back home. Um, give our fans something to play for. Um, it's, also, it's nothing like playing in enemy's territory, if you know what I mean. So, you know, it's that environment of being in those football environments. Thank God, you know, our first shot, you know, we was out there in Jacksonville. That was a hard test. You know, the weather, um, over 100 degrees on the field. You know, the fatigue, the hydration, everything that they was pushing through our heads the week, you know, thank God it didn't really affect most of us. So, um, when you start off on the road, then you go to got to go playing in black hole. You know things don't get much easier there. You know playing in front of their crazy fans and stuff. So Have just coming with there? it. Pardon me. Have you played down there? Yes, I played there before. How many times? Like just probably once. Um. Yes, once. 
want to sign. Any memories of the fans and things they say or do? Yeah, they're crazy. They're pretty crazy. But I mean, that's that's the Black Hole. That's what they do up there, man. It's one of the best stadiums. You know, one of the most historic stadiums um, in our football era. This is kind of a weird question. Do you think it helps being the bad guy in the Bay before? I mean, you played at San Fran uh, quite a bit, and now you're, you know, have you been there before? Can you <laughs> tell some of that? Yeah. No. Um, I don't got a problem with being a bad guy. You just got to live up to it sometimes, you know. But um, I feel like just, um, you know, being on this part of the, you know, the rivalry and, you know, being introduced to it, you know, it's all, it's, it's all fun and games, you know. But at the end of the day, everyone has a job to do. You know, it's great to go out there and compete and do what you got to do. You know, but everybody has a job, and that's to win the football game, period. You know, besides the rivalry, you know, the job is to win the football game, and I feel like that's our focus right now. Even a couple more guys. There's some adjustments you can make when a quarterback's getting rid of the ball quickly. Is there still an element of frustration of, of having fewer opportunities to just really go after the quarterback? Of course, of course. That's very frustrating. You, <laughs> me as a pass rusher, you know, I want as many opportunities as I can to get, you know, to the quarterback. You know, and at the end of the day, when you got a, a guy like Derek Carr, at least he's number one in the league right about now, and as far as his average um, time and release from, you know, snap to finish. But when you got a guy like that throwing the ball, I mean, yeah, it's going to frustrate you, but. At the end of the day, you gotta understand it's the marathon effect. You know, it's not a sprint. You know, the sprint for the front runners, um, the marathon for the ones who really want to win. And, and I feel like, at the end of the day, you just keep on going, keep on clawing. Um, sacks they come in bunches. I've been doing this for five years now. Double this for consecutive years. Gotta understand. You know, it's not everything's not good. It's not gonna come overnight. You know, the success is not gonna come when you want it. Sometimes you just gotta be patient, and you know, eventually it's gonna be there.